He's in the building! Rink the moment. Rink it. I said, empty your mind. Coquettish and coy. Ow. Ow. What? Wickedly talented. More than great. It was historic. Crack is world. Oh, good for you. I have to apologize. One of the hottest. Hello and welcome back to The Reheat, a podcast that re-examines the hottest celebrity news and scandals of yesteryear and asks, how would we react to the same events if they transpired today? I'm your co-host, Sadaf Hassan. And I'm Sarah Sahagian. This week, we'll be discussing a celebrity divorce that was groundbreaking on many levels. I'm talking about the very public split between TV superstar Eva Longoria and NBA superstar Tony Parker. But before we really dive in, Sadaf, what do you remember about Tony Parker and Eva Longoria as a couple? I remember they were very hot together. That's what I remember because it was the peak, I think, of Desperate Housewives, which I loved and I devoured. Long live Gabrielle Solis. So I remember them being a thing and I remember it was also kind of this very popular trend at the time for a celebrity woman to date a hot athlete. Mm-hmm. Like that was this thing that was kind of going around and I thought it was so great as just somebody who loved to consume celebrity news. But yeah, like I remember her being on a lot of wedding covers when that was about to happen. I remember them having that very luxe um, time in Paris. So yeah, I'm with you. We are a little biased. I will say that towards you, but we love her. So I'm just going to admit something. While I loved them as a couple because I thought they were very attractive together, it was not until researching that episode, this episode that I realized that Tony Parker was an excellent basketball player, like <laughs> like a fantastic basketball player, four-time NBA champion, like a very accomplished person. I just thought he was an attractive person. Um, but anyway, I hope that this episode educates any of our listeners who just thought he was a pretty face. If you know about the NBA, you'll feel like these were very basic facts I probably should have known. Um, and I apologize for my <laughs> ignorance previously. I mean, listen, we can't know everything. We know a lot. I like to think we know everything, but we do have some blind spots. And this is one of them. But to me, he is going to remain a pretty face by the end of this. But hey, good for him. Basketball. Amazing. I know. Great basketball star <laughs> and very attractive. Like, Renaissance man. Very cool. So let's start at the beginning. Eva Longoria and Tony Parker met in 2004, the same year Desperate Housewives premiered, which led to Eva beginning an eight-year run playing the witty and very sexy housewife Gabrielle Solis. The former daytime soap star was nail on the cusp of primetime superstardom. For his part, Tony became the youngest point guard in San Antonio Spurs history when he joined the team in 2001 at age 19. Just two years later, Tony won his first NBA championship with the Spurs in 2003. Fittingly, Tony met his future wife, Eva, when she attended a Spurs game. So anyway, we went to the locker room, and it was like uh, the locker room next to the locker room where they do the press, and press is allowed, and they have all their names. It's a pretty locker room. It's not like the stinky, Mm -hmm. gross one that they shower in. And I met all of the players, my dad met all the players, and uh, Tony and Tim Duncan were the last ones we met. And so Tony says to you, enchanté. And then (laughs) you say what? I I did, I I went to France the year before, and I was learning French. And so I go, bonjour, je m'appelle Eva. And he goes, oh, je sais pas, c'est good. And I go, oh, no, 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 my name's Eva, that's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he was like, oh. But he was um, very shy and very sweet and invited my dad to dinner after the game. Oh, really? What a thrill for him. That's great. So now, It wasn't until 2005 that the couple became courtside official. After Eva's consistent presence at Spurs game conferred the rumors that they were dating, suddenly the couple was everywhere. Longoria herself described their connection as, quote, lust at first sight. Um, you can see why if, if you have seen either of them. They're very attractive people. They really That's are. What we're saying very attractive yeah. people. Really? <laughs> very, very, very hot people. And for the entirety of their relationship, they would be seen kissing, cuddling, and generally canoodling at parties and public events. These people could not keep their hands off each other. While Tony and Eva were famous for their PDA, the couple's connection wasn't just physical. Eva was so committed to their relationship, she took French lessons so she could develop an understanding of Tony's native language. In December of 2006, Eva told People magazine, quote, I went to a Berlitz French school this summer, doing about five hours a day. For a busy TV star, that's quite the time investment. <laughs> You know, it is romantic. I'll give it to her. I'll give it to her. Why not? It's romantic. And yeah. like, here's the thing. Normally, when women do things like this for their partners, like take up their interests, I'm kind of like, you know, maintain some independence. But she's learning another language, right? So that's useful even if you break up. I love that you think about it that way. My thing is, is it mutual? What languages was he learning? Was he learning any? I don't know. <laughs> How do we feel about celebrity couples who are really touchy-feely in public stuff? Like that, I think, is an appropriate question talking about like one of the most infamous celebrity PDA couples in history. Like is the PDA just compensating for something missing in their relationships or are they really just like it's a case of like two hot people so obviously they want to touch because it's like, I'm hot, you're hot. Let's just constantly be in physical contact. First of all, I think ugly people should also be allowed to PD. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but um, okay, listen, if it's celebs, I hate to admit this, but I will say, you know, pour it down my throat. I remember there was a few photos that came out a couple of years ago from a red carpet where celebrity couple Adam Brody and Leighton Meester were on there together. He had his hand questionably and seductively around the back of her neck going over to her throat. And I remember it was a huge talking point on social media at the time. And it made me ask questions about their relationship. And that's <laughs> the kind of thing that I love. I want to see celebrities do PDA because then I get to speculate. And that is very fun for me. And I want to know what it's like when they're in the bedroom. I can admit that. But if you're a stranger, if you're even a friend of mine, Put it away. Like, I don't really know. want to know. I'm not that curious. I'm good. I don't want to know you like that. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so that's where I stand. What about you, Sarah? Oh, I feel the same way. Celebrity PDA, yay. Yeah. People I actually know, nay. Like, no. completely. It's part of the fantasy when it's celebrities. Exactly. And I don't know if they're trying to overcompensate. I think sometimes they are. And sometimes it's a way to get attention, right? Sometimes it's if you feel like you've been out of the press for a while, it's a way to get BuzzFeed to write an article about like, you know, the five hottest red carpet moments between you and your partner or whatever. Yeah. I feel like at this point, Eva and Tony were so big. Like she was one of the biggest TV stars. He was one of the biggest basketball stars. They didn't need that attention. Like they, this was not a showmance. I like it, it didn't need to be. I do believe that it was genuine and that their connection, as Eva said, started out as very physical. 
And when you are attracted to someone on a physical level, first and foremost, it's hard for that to go away completely at any point, in my opinion. Yeah. So for them, I think it could just be because they had really hot chemistry and they couldn't keep their hands off each other or they kind of liked the attention. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2006, Parker proposed with a five-carat ring. It was the second marriage for Eva, but she said of the proposal, quote, I knew it was right. We've been talking for months about it, and I just knew it was time. Their public persona suggested Eva and Tony were truly, wildly in love. A few months later, Eva proudly watched on as Tony and the San Antonio Spurs won the 2007 NBA championship. Tell me what it means, uh, just first of all, winning and being a part of another championship here with Tony. And, uh, well, I'll save the best for last. Go ahead. Well, no, it was amazing because in 2005, Tony and I were dating maybe six months. So it was kind of a blur to me, and I didn't really absorb it as well as the second time. And now this time, it means more to you as a result? Well, it's great because, you know, we're getting married in a couple weeks. And I said, <laughs> just get it over with. If we're going to go to the end, you better win. <laughs> So these people were really riding high. Like, it's impossible to overstate just how hot and successful and popular these people were at this time. They were winning, literally. Yeah. I also just want to say, if you're listening to this, a good drinking game is any time that we talk about how hot the both of them are, take a (laughs) sip. We're not going to stop. But yeah, I mean, imagine the high you must be on when you're killing it in your career. You're killing it with the person you're with. Everything in your life is just amazing. I feel like it just amps up all those feelings that you have. So I'm not even surprised at the statement that she made. I get it. No, and everyone else thinks you're amazing. Like everyone is rooting for you. You're everyone's favorite celebrity couple. And that must also really, on some level, sell you on the relationship. If you have any doubts, the fact that all of your adoring fans think that this is a perfect union must be pretty persuasive. At least it would be to me. Yeah, and I assume it must be a big thing for sports people when (laughs) their partners don't make them, quote-unquote, play badly. He was doing great the whole time, so she wasn't even a jinx or a curse. So there you go. Not a jinx at all. Yeah. In July of 2007, the pair said I do at a lavish ceremony in a French chateau, complete with fireworks. The bride wore a gown by Angel Sanchez, Attendees included Eva's Desperate Housewives co-star, Felicity Huffman, her other co-star, Terry Hatcher, and of course, everyone's favorite, Nicolette Sheridan. I don't know if she's everyone's favorite. She's, she's my she's favorite! She's mine! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. God, that was I a loved time. Her on that show. I know, I know, me too. Mark Cherry just didn't appreciate her talent. Was Marsha um, Cross there? I would like to know if Marsha Cross was around. You know, according to my research, I don't believe she <gasps> was, but Ooh. I also think she might have been trying to get pregnant at that time. Interesting. Um, Just for anybody who do- is not in the know, Marsha Cross was the ginger desperate housewife. Yes, Brie Vandekamp. Cheryl Crow and Jessica Elba were also there. This was a very star-studded wedding. In total, the whole affair cost $1.5 million. I feel like that's low for a celebrity wedding. Am I totally off base there? Oh, for 2007, I feel like that's a good amount. For 2007, yeah. I have to say my favorite celebrity destination wedding period was when everyone got married in Scottish castles. I really enjoyed the Scottish castle phase. Something about it was just, you know, the rustic element. It felt like Brigadoon. (laughs) 
I was like Outlander. Outlander vibes. Like I was all in on the Scottish castles, even though they're freezing inside. If you've ever been inside a Scottish castle, Italy is also a great destination. You can actually get married there. You you don't have to like initially have like the civil ceremony and then have the the wedding, which is what even Tony had to do afterwards, which like. This is my personal bias, but I always feel like that's just you having two weddings and that makes the second big one that the guests have to go to slightly less special. 100%. I think I know which one I'd want to be invited to. Come on now. I am a firm believer that no one should ever have more than one wedding. Like, firm believer. Especially if you want me to go to both. Like, that, I will never go to two weddings that anybody has. Um... I don't know. Maybe my daughter had two weddings. But then, like, uh, maybe, maybe if Beatrix had two weddings. Well, let me just say, though, if you, I really strongly vote for you and Brendan to renew your vows at um, a Scottish castle. I would love that. If we ever became rich, I would backtrack on this policy so quickly and be like, yes, eight weddings. Like, obviously, I'll have another wedding. And I'm not saying I wouldn't go to someone's second marriage, like if they got divorced and got married again. Yes, I will absolutely do that. I just feel like weddings are like double jeopardy and you cannot get married to the same person (laughs) twice unless maybe you divorce them and get married again. That's weird on a different level. But I will not go to more than one wedding. So I don't like the fact that if you get married in France, you have to have two weddings if you want to have a big sort of ceremony slash slash reception later, like in a church or a castle. I live for this. I'm, yes, 100% preach. Um, The only thing I will say is if the couple ends up being part of two different religions, so they have two different religious ceremonies. Fair. Just pick the religion that you like better and go with that one. <laughs> skip the other Just, one. Okay, I I think, fair <laughs> enough, enough, I think that actually is probably the only exception I'm okay with, like if is it's it? for religious it's, reasons. It's still a lot of wedding. Like, go to the one that has the better food. Go to the one that just seems more fun. That's what I'm going to vote Fair for. Enough. Maybe also because I think I'm brown and I think brown weddings are more fun. But that's just my opinion. Please don't make me go to more than one wedding. You heard it here. All my friends, if you're planning to have one of those, like, five-day weddings with, like, a bunch of different events and you say your vows more than once, no. You've already done it. You did it the first time. I am not going to go to a fake wedding when you're already married. <laughs> We love your love, but we don't love it that much, okay? Control yourselves. Absolutely. Uh, so after their marriage, the PDA photographs continued, and it seemed the couple was going strong. Eva openly discussed her desire to have children with her new husband. When asked how large a family they wanted in 2008, Eva explained, Tony and I want as many as we can have. Wow. That made it all the more surprising when Eva terminated their marriage three years after it began. While Eva listed irreconcilable differences as the cause for their split, the story that emerged soon thereafter was much more specific, and it involved an affair. The same day Eva filed for divorce, Sports Illustrated reporter Brian Armand Graham revealed that Tony may have cheated on his wife with Aaron Barry, the wife of Spurs' former basketball player Brent Barry. He'd recently retired. He also happened to be one of Tony's closest friends on the team. The tweet read, have it on good authority from entertainment sources that former teammate in Tony Parker's Eva Longoria affair is Brent Barry. So this was groundbreaking because it was one of the first major celebrity divorces basically announced via Twitter, right? Like a lot of people learned about this via Twitter and they learned about the scandalous aspect, certainly via Twitter. The wildest part about it is that it was with his teammates wife. I mean, that's just insanity to me. And also made it very juicy. And even though I loved her, I was like, ooh, 
What a story. So do you remember when this broke on Twitter? Like, is that a memory you have? I'll be honest. I don't. And I think that might be because I also wasn't really on Twitter at that time. This was, you're so right about this being pre-social media blitz. Like, it just was not established in that way when it came to reporting news just yet. And But what I do remember, which I think is really interesting, is how much it got coverage on the tabloid shows. Mm-hmm. So Extra, Entertainment Tonight, Inside Edition. Yes, I did watch Inside Edition. I watched all that shit. And I remember how much of a story it was. It was huge. Um, and I remember it being on the magazine covers in the grocery store aisles. So the fact that it was such a huge thing still in this kind of typical way of reporting pop culture news and on social media at the time, I think is really fascinating. So for you, the fact that you noticed it on social in that way, and I wasn't really on social, but I picked it up in every other way. I mean, that's how big a story it was. It was just everywhere. Oh, I wasn't on Twitter yet. I remember hearing about this on the shows you were talking about, like Entertainment Tonight, Extra, um, and hearing about the Twitter element as I was following the story. And that actually made me take notice of Twitter. Twitter to me felt like very niche. And I didn't realize that there were journalists that you may or may not be a fan of who were actually breaking news on Twitter. And so it made me more interested in it as a social media app. I don't even know if we were calling it an app at the time. I don't even think we thought it was going to stick around back then. I mean, that's how crazy that is. But um, it's sort of like how Jennifer Lopez kind of invented Google mm-hmm. with people rushing to go look at her Grammy dress. Can we say Eva and Tony invented Twitter with their divorce? I don't know. But I was that kind of groundbreaking. It didn't hurt. That's all I have to say. It was <laughs> great hurt free advertising for Twitter. Yep. After Graham broke the news... The affair between Tony and Barry became the dominant narrative. A November 2010 article in the New York Daily News revealed a groundbreaking fact about Tony Parker's extramarital dalliance, um, and that was that it was an emotional affair. It wasn't physical. An anonymous source cited in the article stated, they knew each other, sent each other messages. The source told the magazine, it was flirtatious, but he never did anything with her. Gasp. TMZ also reported that the affair had not been physical. However, reports of the affair also mentioned that there was a, quote, sexting component, yet another revolutionary element of the celebrity divorce because sexting was still pretty new in 2010. I do wonder, I mean, how sexy is sexting when you're doing it on like a flip phone or, you know, like... BBM. Yeah, BBM. Like, not that hot. Like, you could, like, maybe do a quick little Morse code sext and that would be about it. Or, like, you know, that's as far as you would get. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, did they have, like, a Razor cell phone? Like, what was the situation? I would give anything to know what the technology looked like at this point. Like, maybe they were using, like, MSN Messenger on their laptops. Like, that might be more efficient. Oh, maybe they had sidekicks, like the kids on Gossip Girl. Oh, remember when that was a thing? Or maybe they used Excel sheets, like Nellie and Kelly (laughs) Rowland in Dilemma. (laughs) You know, whatever works. Whatever works. You've got to work with the technology you have at the time. Yep. Absolutely. So Eva Longoria confided in her friend, extras Mario Lopez, that she had found hundreds of text messages between Tony and his former Team White's wife. Eva was convinced that Tony had indeed cheated. And basically, like, what this comes down to is, I, I think, on many levels, like, 
what constitutes cheating. This is kind of the debate happening here. Brent Barry, who retired from the Spurs in 2009, remained pretty tight-lipped about the end of his marriage and his former friend's role in its demise. However, for her part, Erin Barry denies having an affair with Parker. She responded to the accusation on her website, writing, I did not have an affair with Tony Parker. She also insisted that she did not, quote, pursue Tony Parker and speculated that the media was pushing the narrative because her divorce was happening at the same time as his. Barry stated that, quote, unfortunately, because our divorces are occurring at the same time, great speculation has been cast on our friendship. My friendship with Tony Parker had nothing to do with the end of my marriage, which is painful enough without this added drama. And to assume that we had an affair is naive, ridiculous, and completely misguided. I don't know if it's naive, but, you know, maybe it's misguided. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's naive. Is it a, what do you think? Like, do you believe Aaron? And is it just me? Or does the fact that this might have been a purely emotional affair actually, in some ways, make it, like, more titillating? I don't know if I do believe her. I mean, it's interesting because the places these rumors are coming from are not exactly the most reliable. Although I do rely on Mario Lopez for a lot. So that's fine. I trust him. <laughs> but I think... It very well could have happened because here's the other thing. Once you're really paying attention to this kind of stuff, you notice that most of the time, rumors about celebrities are true or a mm. faction of it is true. And I think the fact that everybody involved kept putting out statements is really interesting. I think the best thing when this kind of stuff happens is you don't acknowledge it at all. And when you do, it just sort of adds fuel to the fire. And it makes me think that something did happen. Um, but it's interesting because I think it being emotional does make it more incriminating in a way because that means there was more to it. Like, you know, I I don't know. That would be, I think, a tougher thing to get past when you're a couple. But I also think if it's a sexual affair, that might be more interesting when it comes to the tabloids. But then at the same time, how do you come back from that? Like, you know, you can stop sticking your dick where it doesn't belong if you choose to. But you can't really tell your heart no, can you? So I think it's a little bit more complicated for poor Tony in that case. It's a fascinating story because we didn't really talk about emotional affairs at this time. Yeah. I mean, celebrity therapists like Esther Perel have really popularized this term and raised awareness about the fact that cheating isn't always physical. It doesn't have to be physical. But Given that so many professional athletes like cheat with so many people physically, right? This is a year after Tiger Woods cheated on his wife with dozens of women, right? Like physically. This is an established fact, by the way. A lot of athletes cheat. Mm -hmm. This is a thing because they're always on the road. It exactly. happens. Exactly. Just us being biased. No, against. we're not being biased against athletes. <laughs> I and also lots of people across industries cheat, but it's yeah. a lot of cheating happens when there is the opportunity, um, and then when you're away from your spouse. So athletes have to travel for work, and yeah. I mean, it, you can see, and they have lots of fans. You can see how it is easy for this kind of infidelity yeah. to happen. But I mean, this was a year after Tiger Woods, which was such a, an example of like very salacious, very sexual cheating, like hypersexual cheating. Yeah. Tiger was, we now know, a, a sex addict. Yeah. And this is a situation where two people just really, if, if this did happen and the text were found, 
really just liked each other a lot um, and never even physically consummated things, which subverts our expectations of how athletes cheat and why they cheat. Like, this is two people who I guess had a genuine connection on some level if this affair happened. Yeah, and I think that's also if it's true, because I think part of it too, at least then, I think one of the strategies that PR teams would use is if we say they didn't have sex, but they just kind of liked each other a lot, mm-hmm. it'll just make it seem like they didn't cheat at all. Mm-hmm. But it is cheating in so many ways. It's a lot worse. And I think what's really interesting is you're so right. This was when the time the subject of emotional affairs popped up. And I remember one of the biggest things was this idea that women are more likely to emotionally cheat and men are more likely to um, sexually cheat. And it was a huge subject. And it really called into question traditional gender rules. And one thing that I'm so fascinated about it too is that he's an athlete, Tiger Woods is an athlete. They both kind of have these sort of assumed reputations of very bro-ish lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole thing when it comes to sportsmanship and virility. Like these are things when you look like that, you're built like that, that's your job. And so I would have been so curious to know what the conversations were in the locker room when this was exploding. Like, is there bro code in sports? I believe there is. I'm assuming there is. Oh, there is. Like this was very controversial at the time. Like there was speculation that Tony Parker would be traded. I'll get into that later. But I mean, the truth is, whether or not this was an affair, like Aaron Barry can kind of on some level get away with denying it, because if you define an affair as something where it has to be physical, then maybe they didn't have an affair. And as Esther Perel explains, like, you know, you have to talk with your partner about what's allowed and what's not. Um, And you and your partner are allowed to have differing opinions, actually, on what constitutes infidelity. You just have to agree for the sake of your relationship on criteria, right? Like, you can go in with different opinions, but you have to negotiate. You have to negotiate terms. Otherwise, it's hard for both people to honor the terms of your monogamy agreement. And it could be like, because this technology was so new, texting was so new, it might never have occurred to Eva that her husband would cheat on her emotionally and send sex, but not physically, right? Like that might not be something they discussed. And therefore, Tony and Aaron might genuinely have tried to to delude themselves into thinking that they weren't cheating. And I could see how that would have been easier in 2010 when we hadn't had this public conversation about emotional affairs yet, right? Now everyone knows emotional cheating is cheating, right? But at the time, we didn't really talk about it. We we just assumed all affairs involved people going away for the weekend and having copious amounts of sex. Like, that's what we thought it was. I bet that's what these two were saying, that they would go away for a weekend, but they wouldn't touch each other, but they just would like, God, I just felt so many good warm feelings for each other from across the room. (laughs) Nobody believes that. But anyway, I do agree with you that that is kind of the case when it comes to emotional cheating. And I am so glad that it became a conversation. We should talk about it. It happens and it happens more easily, I think, than probably physically cheating. Yeah, and I think that it's funny, celebrity stories like this and gossip stories do start conversations with actual couples and with friend groups. Like, it it gets people thinking, what do I consider as cheating? Like, if my partner did this to me, would I think this was cheating? Maybe I should talk to them about this just to make sure we're on the same page. Like, uh, it really did raise awareness about the concept of emotional infidelity, something that, like, it's amazing that this was only, you know, a little more than a decade ago because I feel like we've known forever about emotional infidelity, but that's not really true. No. Again, we thank Tony and Eva for their humanitarian work. Amazing. Groundbreaking. 
Do we think this is an example of sports media becoming more like tabloids and normalizing gossip about their players? Like, do we think that this is part of the evolution of the sports media becoming more like Us Weekly? I think it could have been the start of it. I mean, this was a decade ago. And back then and prior to that, I think a lot of sports media would kind of stay out of this part of things. But I think what I've certainly noticed over the last five years or so they're not that different from Extra and from People Magazine and from Us Weekly. They really aren't. And I think that's also because sports is becoming more and more of a product. They're looking to grab you and to help you consume more. And part of that is because, like we said, there are so many athletes that are celebrity athletes. There's plenty that are not. I mean, I don't know if Tony Parker would have been a celebrity in the same way if he hadn't dated Eva Longoria. But there are tons that even fools like me and Sarah who know nothing about sports could probably name you. And so what we're doing basically is we're consuming that and we're wrapped up in the that part of their lives, the personal part. And so I think these sports magazines and publications are picking up on that and they know they're getting traffic, they're getting viewers and people like this shit. So they put more of it out there and then people want more of it. It's just natural. It's just the way that people behave and sports fans are no different. No, no. When they say that they're just in it for the sports, like that's like me saying that I like the Oscars for the movies. Well, I think it's time for a quick break. When we return, we'll discuss how Eva rebounded from the dissolution of her marriage. And I don't just mean romantically. For his part, Tony Parker stayed pretty quiet about his divorce. I mean, this is somebody who had been a very public person. He'd engaged in PDA. He'd even experimented with recording rap albums. Oh, God. Yep, he was a rap. You can you can Google his rap songs. I'm not going to play them for our listeners because, th- because they're not very good. <laughs> Eva saved herself. She saved herself. His music was embarrassing. When the scandal initially broke, there was speculation the Spurs might trade Tony for being a terrible teammate. Infidelity is not at all uncommon for professional athletes. However, it's taboo to cruise with a teammate's partner. Cruise. (laughs) Good one, Sarah. Fortunately for Tony, trading him wasn't even a possibility. The week before the scandal broke, the point guard inked a brand new $50 million deal to stay in San Antonio for another four years. Management's hands were tied. Tony may have lost a good friend in Brent Barry because of his behavior, but he didn't lose his job. Eva was not shy about discussing her feelings regarding the divorce. She was a lot more candid than her ex-husband. In a 2011 CNN interview with Piers Morgan, Eva got very real about why the divorce felt so difficult for her. It was devastating um, to go through on its own, much less publicly, I think, for anybody. Did you imagine you would be married for life. Yeah. Even I'm, the way that a lot of marriages go, you, in your heart, when you got married, you got mm-hmm. married in Paris and you're mm-hmm. very romantic. And yeah. Every, I remember it, I'm watching all the pictures and everything like mm-hmm. everybody else, loving the, the, uh, the glamour that went with it all. But mm-hmm. did you really believe this was the guy? This was the one for you for life? Oh, yeah. I believed it. You know, marriage in my family is really a sacred sacrament. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something we did frivolously. Um, and... Uh, I really did. We, our, our, our mantra was divorce is not an option. I mean, we always would kid about that. You know, I'll kill him before I divorce him. Was that Piers Morgan? Yeah. 
Oh, the hairs on my arms stood right up. I know. <laughs> I'm not a fan either, but I do like what she says in the interview. And unfortunately, it was hard to cut out his, his question. Oh, it's okay. We can't all be Mario Lopez. No, we can't. We All men should be, but they can't. They should be. They should at least look like him. Do us a favor. <laughs> Eva also described to interviewer slash photographer Amanda Decadne in 2012 how the end of her marriage appended her whole life, saying, quote, when we got divorced, I felt like I got stripped of my identity. She added she was not eating, that she felt depressed. Eva, a famous sex symbol, also admitted to worrying she wasn't sexy enough for her husband and felt like the world assumed she must not have been satisfying him because, according to Eva, even though Aaron Berry disagrees, he cheated on her. But Eva's interviews weren't all sorrowful. In fact, most were pretty inspirational and uplifting. Usually, she presented the image of a woman who found empowerment through her divorce. In 2011, she sat down with Ellen to chat about how her life had improved since leaving Tony. Being a woman, I, I realize you cannot identify yourself through a man or, or through your marriage. Amen. Yeah. Or through a partner. Yeah. yeah. It's our nature, you know, we're socially um, constructed that way to just be inferior or, or subservient. And you don't have to be. You can be yourself and, and really hold your own by yourself, and no matter what partnership you're in. Later in the interview, when Ellen asks if she and Tony are friendly and still talk, Eva replies no. And I love this answer because celebs are always pretending they're the only people in the world who are evolved enough to be friends with their exes. So I like Eva's candor and her admission that she is not that evolved. Me too. I just love her. Her even just opening up about divorce in this way. I mean, she was judged for it a lot, but I think it's great because it just makes it more, um, it just normalizes it a lot more. And those mm -hmm. feelings that she had where she said she was depressed, she wasn't eating, she felt like her identity had shifted. People really feel this way, men and women. So I think mm -hmm. it's so great she was talking about it. It's so I guess, reassuring to know that this is how everyone feels. Yeah. Even if you are conventionally attractive and famous and beautiful like Eva Longoria, that everyone, when they go through divorce, questions themselves. Um, and you're right. She was normalizing this conversation and she was very vulnerable. And I don't want to vilify Tony Parker and I don't want to vilify Aaron Barry because infidelity happens. It's incredibly common. It happens with normies. It happens with <laughs> celebrities. It happens across the yeah. board. Marriages end. But I also think there's just something so compelling about a woman like Eva saying, like, this happened to me, it was really traumatic, but coming out stronger. And I, I do think she deserves kudos for that. I think, like, it's probably very difficult to go through a very public divorce, especially yeah. when you were so public about your relationship, right? Like, when you had this joyful, super expensive wedding seen by everyone around the world. Like, it must be really humbling to then have to go and file for divorce. Um, but I love how she keeps holding her head high. Yeah, you're right. I think this is something we've talked about before, but at least when, as you say, us normies get divorced, like, we, the odds are low we even have to see that person again. With these people, it never goes away. So... Kudos to her. And yeah, and I do want to say, by the way, because I think with a lot of subjects like divorce, some people will hear these statements and think that, oh, like, you know, poor you. But divorce can be pretty traumatic and it's a tough thing to go through. So I, I'm so, again, 
Very glad she put all of this out there. I think it's a great thing. My favorite Eva Longoria post-divorce story is in 2016, she shared a hilarious anecdote with Wendy Williams about what became of the tattoo of her wedding anniversary. When she was married to Tony, Eva Longoria got her wedding anniversary tattooed prominently on her wrist. And in 2012, she was campaigning for Barack Obama for president, and he had some thoughts about that tattoo. I don't know why you got that to begin with. <laughs> First of all, Obama said that to me when I was campaigning for him in 2012. I, I, I used to have my old wedding date here, and he goes, Obama goes, now was that a good idea? <laughs> like, so I went and took it off like a month after that. But I just love that story. Having Barack Obama personally chide you for your bad life decisions, that's the honor of a lifetime. I love it for her. And also... Bad tattoos, it's okay, guys. It's not the end of the world. I have some stupid ones. It's fine. You know what? That's a moment in time. Keep that in mind. But then if you also want to get rid of it, that's fine, too. Just don't shame yourself. Oh, no, no. Like, don't shame yourself. I just love that story about, like, Barack Obama, like, <laughs> acting like her dad and being like, was that a good idea? I know. <laughs> it's such a dad moment. Oh, my God. Well, let's talk a little bit about what has become of these two people, Eva and Tony. These days, they have both completely moved on from their divorce. In 2013, Eva earned a master's degree in Chicano studies from California State University. She also has a new career as a successful movie director. In fact, her documentary, La Guerra Civil, just opened the world-famous Sundance Film Festival. It tells the story of the 1996 championship between Oscar de la Hoya and Julio Cesar Chavez. In 2016, Eva married famous Mexican television mogul Jose Bastian. When they tied the knot in 2016, the wedding was truly fabulous. Um, that doesn't surprise me because the last wedding was fabulous yeah. too. Eva has good taste. And you have to one-up the previous wedding, so like, you know. Absolutely. And she did. Yeah. She wore a gown designed by her friend, Victoria Beckham. It was custom designed for her. Um, but the best detail is that Ricky Martin gave an impromptu performance at her wedding ceremony. I would pay $1.5 million just for that part. That's glorious. <laughs> In 2017, Eva told People Magazine her third marriage came as a surprise. Quote, I'm not a fan of marriage, but I like being married to him. I never thought I would get married again. It's him. He makes it all worth it. Which is just that's such a sweet quote. I have a hard time with this quote. <laughs> so oh, please, <laughs> as someone who is anti-marriage, as someone who's anti-marriage, I have a hard time with just going back on it because you fell head over whatever the saying Fair goes. Enough. But I but you know what? I also like I'm all for love. I'm happy that she met somebody who actually made her feel like she could be that comfortable and actually go out and try something again that did not serve her the previous time. So I will give Eva that. <laughs> So in addition to the four stepchildren Eva gained when she married Jose, the happy couple also share a son named Santiago, who was born in 2018. Eva told Parents Magazine that she is loving being a new mom in her 40s, stating that she feels like her son was, quote, meant to be with her at this stage of her life. Hmm. Eva explained, I'm more patient and I don't work as much, even though it doesn't seem that way. Today, Eva is also a vocal advocate for the human rights of refugees and a proud activist for America's Latinx community. In 2020, her emotional and very articulate reaction to Joe Biden's presidential win went viral. I feel like I can breathe again. I feel like my, my shoulders have relaxed. We have, a, we have a leader, but, you know, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do moving forward. And I, um, I'm just, I'm excited that, you know, democracy won. 
I stand. I stand. This is a woman <laughs> who, like, everything she does, she does well. She's fascinating. She's so nuanced. She contains multitudes. Like, she's perfect. Uh, for his part, Tony Parker's life also seems fine. He continued to... <laughs> <laughs> seems fine. Uh, he continued to play good basketball after his divorce, winning his fourth NBA championship with the Spurs in 2014. In 2019, after 18 seasons, Tony also announced his retirement from the NBA. I just want to repeat what you said. He continued to play good basketball. Yeah, I mean, he's good at basketball. I mean, he's good at ba- He's not a good rapper. He's good at basketball. We could be sports commentators. <laughs> <laughs> Such insightful commentary. He, he's good at good it. At he's good at basketball and his wife is fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was very accomplished. He was a great point guard. I just don't really understand what that means. It's okay. So, he's fine. He doesn't need us to be fans of his. He's doing great. Yeah, he is doing great. You're right. Like, he does not need me as a fan. No. In 2015, Tony gave um, what were perhaps his most candid comments ever about his divorce from Eva to Canal Plus. He explained, it's true. It was a difficult and painful experience in my life. He also said, the exposure I could not control. This is the world we live in today. Everything is on the internet and on social network sites. I never paid attention to what people said. Hollywood is another world on another level. He also did not give up on love after things ended with Eva. He started dating a French journalist named Axel Francine in 2011. In 2014, the couple got married and they welcomed their son, Josh. Unfortunately, as of 2020, the couple, you know, officially separated. Did he cheat, Sarah? Um, I couldn't, like, get a clear read on that, whether or not he did. Maybe, maybe not. We're not saying yes and we're not saying no. Who knows? As of 2021, he is dating a professional tennis star named Elise Lim. So he he is he's still in the love game. He's he's rebounding as you know people do in basketball and in love. <laughs> yes, this, I know this that podcast, rebounds in basketball. We could be called the rebound. That could be this podcast. Hey, that could be yeah. that could be. I think I know what that is. I know they do it in basketball. I think I know what it means. We'll, we'll discuss uh, after this episode airs. Yeah. <laughs> And now the time has come for Hindsight is 2022. The segment where Sadaf and I discuss what we would have done differently if we were the subjects of today's episode. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I feel like I've said this before, but I am not defending cheaters. I think actually personally that cheaters are the scum of the earth. And I could never forgive it personally. But I will say you can't really stop somebody from doing that if they're going to do it, you know? And um, so the one thing that, so no advice I give is going to change that. Nothing I say will make that difference. So the one thing I want to do is give advice to cheaters and say to be a smarter cheater, just be better at it. The way that Eva has talked about that split since, like after that, it did suggest that he definitely had stepped out on her. And I don't believe that it was just a rumor. And I just think, why not maybe delete the texts? Why not say that you were not ever with this woman, that there wasn't even an emotional affair? There was just nothing. Be better. Be slicker. That's the only thing that I wish that they would have done differently. And also maybe don't go after your teammate and buddy's wife. Like that's probably a bad direction to go down. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So I agree with everything you just said. I'm going to add, if I had been Aaron Barry, I wouldn't have released a statement on my website. No. No, you've just got to ride it out. She wasn't herself really a celebrity. So 
you're just adding fuel to the fire when you release a statement that's going to get picked up by all these tabloids and media outlets. Just like, ignore it, take the high road. Anyway, in terms of everything Eva did, she's perfect. The way she handled her divorce, flawless, A+. Like, Eva, just keep on being Eva, please. I would encourage her to stop taking her husband's last names because it always becomes such a chore. I, I remember her being Eva Longoria Parker, Eva Longoria Christopher, if I'm not wrong, Eva Longoria yeah, Bastard. <laughs> it's a mouthful. And Longoria is a great name. Like, let's just stick with that. And the only other thing that I would add is that I would really love more Desperate Housewives. I don't know if this is the forum to say that, but we would love a reboot, I think, you and me both. I am totally pro-reboot. Yes, Mark Cherry, if you're listening, nothing you've done since has been as good. (laughs) Um, This is tough love, Mark Cherry, because I think that you're capable of making great television. I just think that maybe... You're not going to do it now, Sarah. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, Mark. That was mean. I mean, some of your shows have have been No, none of them have, but Uh, that's okay. (laughs) He made a gem. He made a gem. He made a fantastic, also like one of the best TV pilots ever produced. It's like Twin Peaks is here, and then like way, 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 way above is the pilot for Desperate Housewives, in my opinion. Genius. Yeah, I would pick that over Twin Peaks, no doubt. But that also probably really like loses us some fans. Like I just, <laughs> that puts the line in the sand I, right there. Twin Peaks is a good show. It's a good show. I'm not saying it's not a good show. Don't at me Twin Peaks fans. Like I think it's excellent. I think it's art. I just feel like Desperate Housewives is undersung. I think it's a great, great pilot in particular yes yes absolutely amen that's that's what that's all we want well i think that brings us to the end of this week's episode as always we hope you'll be back next week now if you want to hear more from me you can find me on twitter at underscore staff is on sarah where can our listeners find you Listeners can find me at Sarah Sahagian. And if you liked this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so other listeners can find us too. Thanks for listening. 